0: Good afternoon. We want to welcome everybody back to our Friday edition of Coffee and Conversation. This is a weekly podcast for the Delhort County Office of Education and Delhort County Unified School District. For those of you I haven't had the chance to meet in person, my name is Jeff Harris and I am the District Superintendent of Schools and also serve as the County Superintendent of Schools. And joining us today are... Allison Eckert, who is the principal, the new principal. Oh, the, the new is quickly rubbing off at Telnort High School. It's the new and lucky principal. <laughs> That's, That's right. my new title. <laughs> and Ryan Botton, Go ahead, Ryan. The uh, the
1: director of information network services.
0: <laughs> at one, one of these days. Anyway, um, Ryan has been on our show about a bajillion times. I can't. He works right down the hall. I can never remember what his title is. Totally okay with me. It's too long, man. I'll just keep working. All right. Well, so today what we want to talk about is we want to talk about the first week of school. So, um, you know, we've had a lot of conversation around the fact that uh, our schools are we're experiencing something that to call it different would be a gross understatement. Uh, This is the first time ever in the history of education uh, where we have started schools and said we are now in education with not one child sitting in a seat in front of us. Um, school as we know it was established through a um, uh, kind of a research project that was done by the U.S. Department of Education in 1923 and has hardly changed in its concept since then until now. So 100 years ago, a major pandemic, 100 years ago, a new way of looking at schooling and now a new pandemic and a new way of looking at schooling.
2: It is a a daunting experience, I would say, and just probably like a hundred years ago, wondering what that was going to look like, how the teachers were educated at that time, how they delivered their instruction, you know, single classroom, you know, K through right. twelve families, siblings. I can't imagine, and, and and now looking at it as a pioneer. You know, being able to recreate it and trying to 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 look at the positive capacity building that we're doing. I'm still struggling with it, honestly, right. um, just just as 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 how we move forward. Um, but it's an opportunity, and I know that that teachers are growing, I think exponentially, and students and their capacities are growing. Um, and we're connecting in ways that we haven't before. It's just hard to right now to look at the hiccups and focus on that and just go, okay, get over this hurdle it'll, it gets, it gets easier. It gets easier. And I think that's been a challenge, you know, to kind of keep that in frame.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. It's a perspective issue, right? I mean, you're in it, you're, we're, we're at there, you know, we're right in the middle of this. And so remembering, trying to step back and get that perspective that this is new, this is different, and we're all struggling together. I think that's, it's key.
0: And and as a society, there's, there's no one, there is no one who can say, you know what, it'll be okay. I've been through this before. Let me tell you what this looks like. We are. I mean, this is breaking new grounds. You use the word pioneering, Allison. That's where we are, right?
2: You know, I I do want someone to tell me it's going to be okay. I it's going to okay. be okay.
0: <laughs> There's two people.
2: You know, and I it is. Uh, it's 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 frustrating because I think I worry about the safety of kids. Number right. one, um, you know, I believe our schools are safe. I believe our schools provide an opportunity for kids to feel um emotionally safe physically safe socially safe and that we provide that constant in their lives i mean we see the kids for 6 hours a day 180 days a week or 180 days a year <laughs> and i i know that that you know school is some of the safest places that they they can be they get they get to be different they get to be themselves they get to to have that support of other adults other than their parents or their guardians And so I worry about the the safety and then I think, well, what about instruction? My kid is now going to school less with a teacher Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that teacher is also now a flat screen. And a lot of us have um, some difficulty with screen time and Mm -hmm. monitoring screen time. And it's like, okay. And and again, I just, I feel like a mountain of issues and, and just kind of going, okay, one thing at a time. You know, and and we'll get through it, and it will be okay. Um, But we have to have that perspective of balance, boundaries. I need, I need, I didn't realize how much help I needed as parents, as teachers. Um, And that's a weird concept because teachers went to college to be teachers, for the most part, and parents are parents. (laughs) They they didn't. I don't think they had to go to schooling to become a parent. I mean, I wish. I wish I had some classes on how to be a better parent. I mean, they're out there, but we didn't have to. And now it's like, okay, how do I create boundaries? How do I create a space for my kid to to have a desk, to have a, a space? How do I create expectations that they'll attend the meetings to reach out to teachers or to do the work? And oh my gosh, I'm at work. How am I gonna do this?
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, and my wife and I are teachers. You know, we have been teachers. And for a brief period of time, my wife was homeschooling my kids. And she said that was probably one of the most difficult things, even as a trained teacher, that she's ever done, right? Because kids see you as mom and dad. They don't see you as teacher. There's a kind of that different structure uh, that that takes place. So, well, so Allison, tell us a little bit about how the first week, well, uh, of school has been at Norte High. Empty. <laughs> Isn't that weird? S-
2: I can tell, you know, I mean, and I, I don't mean to be, you know, flippant or anything there by all means, but... But it it is a very different experience to walk the halls and see no one in the halls. And so props, everybody's in their classrooms, but not really. So it's it's really a mind shift for me. How, how has it been? It's been a lot of l- trial by fire and learning from our mistakes. So if we have a growth mindset and mm-hmm. if we say, OK, we're going to fail forward, which I know is a hard concept for a lot of us, but. Again, we didn't, we weren't born knowing how to walk. We weren't born knowing how to shoot a basketball. We weren't born knowing how to do um, trigonometry or geometry. We weren't born knowing that. And so um, one of my teachers reminded me, we're all first year teachers right now. Right. We are all first year teachers. And, and What that means to parents is that we are um, learning from a lot of our mistakes and we're trying to address those and react and respond in an intentional, purposeful manner. For example, Zoom management. We used to have classroom management. It's right. kind of cool. Like classroom management. Hey, if I stand by your desk, it kind of means that you need to be quiet or, hey, I'll give you three warnings. You know, when we have classroom management, how to treat each other with respect and talk to each other, raise your hand and the cute little signs of, I have to go to the bathroom, you know, the classroom management piece. And now we have zoom management, which is mute yourself, show your face on screen when you enter the room, when you're called on, I need to know that you're there. Can you use an emoji? and it's just it's such a different language and and so the first week of school has been overwhelming but it's also been successful because we've learned so much in, in this week we have we've learned some of the limitations that we have no control over you know i i am absolutely you know, I, I hurt for some of the kids that don't have they got the computers that don't have a webcam. I'm so sorry. But you have something you can at least listen. And, and I, I am so sorry about some of that. And um, I know it's so overwhelming, but we've learned. And it's uh, the idea that it could only get better. And, and that's what I love. I, my, my whole point of teaching was be better. everybody can improve where you are, get better. I don't want a doctor that had medicine 30 years ago. I want a doctor who goes to trainings now. I definitely don't want the dentist I had when I was 17. I want the dentist I have now, (laughs) you know? And so I'm like, I want the teachers who, who, who could still care about the kids. And that's the hardest part is the face to face. We read a lot of body language. We read the facial expressions. We read their words and how they interact with each other. And we try to again, provide that safe being place for those kids. And, Uh, on a screen, it's been challenging, but, but all the teachers, not all, many teachers have come to me and said, I don't know how to read kids through this. We need something. We need to figure this out. So we talked about, you know, zoom room, um, the breakout rooms and creating a quiet time for one or two of us to talk to each other and having another adult on, on the zoom room to help monitor and emailing. I've gotten more emails from the kids that I've had the pleasure of teaching over mistakes or just, Hey, I'm communicating with you. It's like, I never thought that kids would email me like that's new to me. Right. And I, I love that they're there going, I'm reaching out, I'm reaching out. And so I think teaching and, and the emails actually are nice and pleasant and they're well-written. So good job, Delmar high students. Um, I think uh, we're learning those capacities a lot differently. I even got a video of a kid on you know um, on a cell phone because he's like I don't know how to turn this thing can you help It's like right on you, you're you're problem solving. Right. So first week of school overwhelming it's going to get better and full of a lot of solutions.
1: That's great. Uh, I was you know second all of that but just the my team in the tech department has obviously been answering a lot of calls. I'm um, a lot of help services, but the best ones are the ones from the kids. I talked to an adorable third grade girl on Monday, you know, that was just, she just wanted help getting into her email and and we were able to solve that, you know, but it's exciting for us too, because um, we're able to answer some of these new questions. And I want to add something to what Allison said. She used the word language. This is a new language, you know, the new language around teaching the, the zoom language, right. Or whatever that is. And I'm just looking at the numbers and, Trial by fire, we're learning on the fly, right? Our teachers, our first-year teachers, again, in this method. Just this week, um, and this is actually just data through through Thursday morning. Um, that's the most recent I have. Uh, there has been 1,570 Zoom meetings run um, in Del Norte County schools. That's just August 31st through the morning of September 3rd. Um, We have 300 users active right this second um, in a a Zoom, in a Zoom room, in a Zoom meeting. And that's just it's hugely impressive um, that that's happening.
0: Well, and and I'll take everybody back just to January. Right. I mean, this is August. Let's just go back to January. We were seeing maybe 30 a month. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, Up until just recently, we only had 20 Zoom accounts that the district owned. Now we're up to almost 300 Zoom accounts, and in, in four days, like Ryan was saying, the, the, the most recent data was Thursday morning at, at 11 o'clock, fit over 1,500 meetings.
1: Yeah, and I will give a shout out to the high school. It looks like from our we have a got some cool metrics. I like data, but uh, it looks like four out of the top five and about seven out of the top 10 from looking at these names are high school teachers, uh, along with Ms. Eckert herself. So well done, Allison.
0: <laughs> well, and and you know what I think too. I think this gives us a really interesting um, a snapshot into time because for decades, I mean, when when I first became a teacher, I was an English teacher, um, and I taught seventh and eighth grade. And um, when I went into my first classroom, I had one computer. Um, I could do some basic word processing, and I'm not even sure it had a color screen. And uh, it used the old printer with the paper on the side that, you know, the rollers caught it and moved it ahead. I don't even know what that was called, continuous feed or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, we thought state of the art at that point was printing a poster and putting it up on the wall as, as things developed, we were, I was one of the first teachers in our district to get, um, uh, computers that were connected to the internet, you know, and then we, um, had other bits and pieces. My first school where we had a computer lab, um, I won't even tell you some of the mistakes we made in the computer lab, but, um, you know, I've been able to kind of see it progress. But one of the things I've always said, whether I was a teacher or administrator was we use technology, um, we, we instruct in technology, we tell kids how to use a computer, um, we use computers to do the things we can do with paper, pencil, but now we're having to learn to use instructional technology right? It's, it's a fundamental shift in how we're using it because before it was something, honestly, you could almost have taken a computer out of the classroom and still taught the same lesson in the same way with some different visuals. Now it's so integral to what we do. We could not be providing the sort of instruction that we're providing now without utilizing it. And, um, I think students are really, like, well, you were talking about a third grade girl calling a tel- tech helpline to get information on email. Yep. That's the world we live in where kids know how to do that. Kids are comfortable doing that. And um, I-, I think we're going to see a lot of students really come into their own. Uh, a lot of students are missing the socialization piece. A lot of students are missing some of the hands-on piece. And that's what that's what we're going to be, like Allison said, we're going to be working on as we kind of move ahead because we have that synchronous learning, which is that that getting instruction visually or virtually. Um, And then we also have that asynchronous piece, which is how do I really dig down deep a little bit and work on it, uh, which can be paper, pencil, and it can be online as well. But um, I think we're going to see kids come into our own. I mean, what, so thinking about the crisis learning last year and thinking about what's going on this year, what are your overall kind of perceptions or what have you heard about kids' engagement or acceptance of this kind of learning?
2: I know we have been saying this is not crisis learning. Everybody was so afraid that they would just get assigned work and then go swim or sink. Um, So in looking at how it's different than last spring, COVID instruction, um, you know, we didn't we didn't know how to use those instructional um, digital technical tools to instruct. um, Like you said, uh, Mr. Harris, the idea of. Um, you know, having those computers, but being intentional and purposeful. So now we've had training. We've had eight days, you know, prior training. We've had some law that we have to abide by. You know, what's interesting is um, we have synchronous learning, which means all kids are responsible to be in a Zoom room from 9 to noon, give or take the 10-minute breaks. We have a class of so 29 kids, and they're able to see each other on the screen. They are able to interact with each other. Um, they are hearing the same message from the teacher and the same instruction. I, I don't think COVID learning necessarily did that. Um, the crisis learning time last last spring, it just it just felt more isolating. Um, I think it felt more here. Here's here's a packet. Do it. Um, learn it. And and I'm I don't. I know a lot of people had different levels of experiences and I want to be careful not to generalize, but I'm going to say that this is a huge improvement over that. I know, um, this is an imperfect world and this isn't, an, you know, I get that. And, and, I'm, you know, we get so tired of, yeah, we didn't create that. We didn't create this and here we are. And, Oh, you- <laughs> oh absolutely. But,
0: but you know, Alison, I think you brought up a good point even last year during the crisis piece. And now in this piece um, kids are engaging in that, what the, what the law SB 98 calls um, a daily live interaction. But you were even talking about last year when kids are able to kind of work at their own time, their own speed, their own pace, as we, as we kind of monitor participation, they have to be doing work along with that daily life interaction and the ability to do that work at six o'clock in the morning or six o'clock at night to be able to do that work with their peers on a screen or to do it themselves and reach out to a teacher with a question through an email or a chat or something like that. Um, uh, I, that's that's been kind of um, I'll say liberating, I guess, for the kids. And also, we've had teachers who have been posting things later at night, right, Ryan? I mean, we've had as we talk about access points and getting things out. We've seen all kinds of strange um timelines and data
1: yeah we were receiving phone calls uh sunday night uh well actually sunday morning at 1 one thirty a.m we have some call calls coming in from folks looking for help you know and we you know we got back to them not not at one thirty in the morning but right at right at, right the next day but uh yeah some definitely interesting trends for sure and when when data is being accessed and when when things are being shared and um kind of just opening up that accessibility piece so that it does work for them you know but um you know, getting back to some of the differences, I I really think a key thing from now and 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 crisis learning is the expectations are pretty clear. You know, um, this is school, this is attendance, and we've been we've been hitting that you know pretty hard all summer, and it's cool because you know you're always I always have that fear. You know, are people listening? Are they hearing this? And I think they are. I think we're seeing that because our students are showing up and our teachers are right. making sure it's synchronous. And that's um, that's encouraging. I'm really encouraged by that. You know, the, the amount of traffic and the number of users and the number of phone calls, you know, people are trying. And that's great. You know, uh, never, never be upset with the level of effort because it's high right now from across the board.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, not only from students and teachers, but also parents. And, you know, I, I think... Um, Allison, you've had a lot of interaction with parents over the last few weeks. And well, and Ryan, you have too. I mean, how many calls have you guys
1: received? So yeah, again, I, I love the numbers. Um uh, <laughs> so on Monday and Tuesday, the 31st and the first, um, in a 48-hour span, the five to five person IT department uh, responded, received and responded to six hundred and eighty eight phone, unique phone calls um in a two-day span. And and that's just to our helplines. That's not walk-ins. That's not tickets. That's not emails. emails. That's not anybody else calling me directly or somebody else directly. That's just to our, our IT help desk and our family support line was, was approaching 700 in a, in a 48 hour span.
0: So, you know, our families are super engaged. We've, we've all been in education for quite a while. And what we all hear, what we've heard for years is I need, I want to know more about what my child is doing. I want to know more about the work that my child is participating in. Um, I think we're there. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we have families who are doing this, right? I mean, I said it before: families didn't sign up to be teachers; they didn't sign up to be homeschools. Um, and yet, with COVID nineteen, with the new laws that are out there, with compulsory attendance, um, families are taking on more and more of that role. At least until we can get students back into the classroom, um, they are they are becoming the the classroom assistant for. That teacher working with their child in their home. And Allison, you you've talked to a lot of parents. What are at the high school level, and here again, remember um, not you, Allison, because you know this, you don't have to remember it, but just everybody who may be chim- or listening to the podcast, out of roughly 4,000 students, Norte High has about a thousand, almost a quarter of the of the kids that that reside in the county. Um, what are some of the um, challenges? That you're hearing from parents and what are some of the successes? Just, just briefly, we've got just a few minutes left.
2: It's a tough question to answer. Um,
0: It's almost like everything is unique, right?
2: Well, and man, I, okay. Are we making more contact with families? Yes. However, you know, I still get the calls. No one called me, you know? And so it's like, okay, how do we create a perfect system right now where everyone feels Identified. Everyone feels valuable. Everyone feels important. Um, some of the concerns is like, okay, if they get through to me in my voicemail and then they get a call back, you know, and um, then we do that. I I love the level of conversation and the fact that we're all in this together. I think that that's a challenge success for me. It's a both, right. um, and so I love that. Okay, so here's a success, right? I am Mr. Lopez who is a beloved teacher in Del Norte um, and has been here a while, you know, we're we're in the same age group and we're going, God, this is going to be kind of hard, you know, because it's this digital stuff. And I'm at PE. He's like, I'm a PE teacher. Like how do I do this? Yeah. Yesterday he's like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I got this. I'm really enjoying this. I've had great contacts with parents. He says, you know, I spend, you know, I have office hours now in the afternoon. If I don't, you know, and I call those kids that I don't see during that time period. And I set it up. I have some great conversations and we kind of work it out. He's awesome. And I'm like, I'm super surprised. And, and, and shout out to that positive experience. You know, talk about someone who was nervous, um, you know, and then we have our challenges. Obviously we live in a rural remote area and, and I'm I'm still puzzled and I'm, I'm flummoxed on how I'm going to fix that. Um, so I think maybe we'll just all go move to an Island that has really good internet. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, the challenges continue to be, I think the consistent level of delivery, the consistent high expectations that Ryan talked about, you know, this year's there's expectations, there's school. I think the um, you know, the challenges are the communication. Um, you said, I, I spoke with a lot of parents and yet, and yet some parents didn't feel heard. And so again, how do I create a system um, that, that is inclusive and that is welcoming and that can address the, the concerns I need to be, um, have my vision on? Um, you know, so I'm, i am still, am I'm, I'm still, I'm still swimming. You know, um, I I have I have a couple of floaties under my arms and I'm learning and we're we're just we're trying to do things new. So, for example, um, we had uh, parents of students with IEP. We tried to invite them to an open Zoom so that we could hear their concerns before school started and kind of hear what they were thinking and listen to them. And they felt like, wow, this is important. And um, we're going to do this regularly. We're going to meet every three weeks on a zoom in the evening so that they can participate. Like we never would have done that last year. That's a, we're going to be inclusive that way. Um, We're looking at new ways of delivery so that, so that they could hear a consistent message through like the TPP program. I just, just met with them this morning and we're going to try to do some screencasts so that now Recorded screencasts about some of the job offerings and experiences now we can like email that to now all the right. parents and students and so I see the opportunity of consistent messaging. I see the opportunity of um learning differently and of presenting differently, and like you said, Mr. Harris, the on demand like a kid who can get this at six o'clock in the morning or at midnight. I know it comes as no surprise, but teenagers, man, they do not go to bed at nine (laughs) o'clock. Sometimes they're up at midnight emailing their principal. So um, don't do that, please. Um, But uh, I, so challenges and and, uh, opportunities and and successes, Uh, like you said too, you know, the third grade kid who emails and knows how to, to manipulate that device over there. And again, those devices didn't exist when I was a third grader, you know, we had, you know, so you know, the, there's so much about the way that ingenuity and innovation happens in America at such an incredibly high pace. Right. I mean, people didn't like it when the radio came, you know, and then the television outdid the radio and they thought that that was the end of the world, you know, like no one's ever going to listen to music again. And, and it's just like, gosh, no, these are tools. And I want to go back to that idea of, of our kids are, are brilliant. You know, there is so much capacity in our kids and and the innovation and the creativity they they can do. And we have to provide the opportunity for them to be creative, to be innovative, to be collaborative, um, and to be communicative, you know, and I think that this will afford it in a, in a different variety, but we're just expanding, you know, we're just, we're expanding their, um, I always want to say tool built, but you know, we're expanding their library. They're expanding their volumes of how they're going to communicate effectively in the world that is consistently and constantly changing. Yeah. So, Oh, and the other thing I'm super excited about this, I have to share this because this is cool. I just heard from our sister city school um, this morning and they want to set up zoom exchanges awesome. because we're well, not going to cool. be able to travel, right? but she's like, Hey, how do we make this happen? And I'm like down. Cause how cool is that to take each other on virtual field trips? I'm thinking that we're going to see new kids from R- Rikas and Takata right. and like, hey, oh, here's so the great. Redwoods. We're on a virtual tour. And now, all of a sudden, we, we open up the industry of hospitality, which we're good at, but we get to showcase who we are. We get to I mean, that's going to be a great project for some kids who are going to love it. And like I get to show off where I live and. They're going to see it in Japan <laughs> and I'll be producing it, not NBC. <laughs>
0: That's right. But and, and, you know, and the cool part about that is, too, is our students who may never have gotten the chance to go there, get to experience that community because I was fortunate to go there once. And oh, my gosh, it reminds me so much of Crescent City. Yeah, you, you know, you, you go down there, you see and it's amazing. So, Ryan, any last thoughts?
1: Oh, no, just the, the equity piece. I mean, we kind of danced around it, but this is really, you know, I'll say leveling the playing field that, you know, it's never going to be fully level. We know that, but it's really, we're getting there where we're approaching it. We're going towards it. You know, whether that's access in the evenings or at nights, just providing that, that same resource for more students than maybe would have previously been able to access that same resource. Right. And it's not just an alternative to that resource. It's the resource, right? It's the Screencastify. It's the Zoom recording. It's, it's whatever it is. Um, you know it's always a piece in in kind of everything we talk about. Let's make sure we have equity and access, equity and access. We hear it a lot we're We're getting there. um, we're on the right path, and good, bad or otherwise this this situation has kind of uh, uh, presented an opportunity to to make that more possible,
0: yeah, and you know i think I think my last thing, and we're this is a little bit longer podcast today, but I think Allison, you kind of mentioned it a minute ago the challenges we are where we are. And the opportunity is we are where we are. And um, this is an, we we are at a historic point in time doing something we've never done before in ways that things have never been done before. Um, We had all of this, all of this same technology eight months ago. We did not use it in the same way. Um, Necessity is that mother of invention. Um, You know, we, 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 we knew we had it. We were we were glad that we had it. Many of the things that we wanted to do, like Ryan and I have been talking for years about one-to-one devices. Right. Um, we are not going to be one-to-one on devices, you know, and, and really incorporating this instructional technology into the learning environment for every child in every home. Um, and for families who have been cut off, and I mean, this isn't even us. This is at a state level. For families who have been cut off from internet, from families who have been cut off from connectedness through through digital media or whatever it has been the state is working to ensure that every family has access um, to the internet. Um, So, you know, I I think we're going to see a lot of changes. Um, I know that our teachers have been doing a phenomenal job and I I said it on the radio the other morning, if it wasn't for our students, our families, our teachers, our administrative staff, our district office staff, our classified staff, um, if it wasn't for the team that the community of Del Norte County has working with their children, we would not be where we are. And as rough as it can feel right now, as difficult as many of you have, um, uh, difficult of a situation as many of you have experienced, we are miles ahead of where many, many, many districts are throughout the state of California and throughout the country. Um, It's what Del Norte does. Del Norte comes together. Del Norte makes things work. Del Norte fixes problems. And, um, that's what we're doing so thank you guys for joining in
2: thanks for having them having is
0: fun
1: (laughs) (laughs) thanks and it's only going to get better i mean we're 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 one week into this it's gonna it's gonna keep getting better we're gonna keep improving
0: and we want to again thank every parent every community member every district employee who's out there um because it's especially now takes all of us to make sure that every child gets the education they need and deserve so everybody have a safe weekend Um, it is labor day weekend Uh, remember wear your masks physically distance take those steps uh, on personal hygiene wash your hands sneeze into your elbow those kinds of things because we want every child to be healthy Uh, so that they can safely come back to school on our cohort start target date, which is October 5th. So everybody have a great weekend, and we'll see you soon.